This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. If you own a business, large or small, my next guest can be an important part of how you deal with that business, whether it's brand new, whether it's been in the family for generations. If it's something you're thinking about selling, or maybe you want to buy a business, my next guest will help you with that too. I'm Martin Strong, and on Vancouver Consumer, we'll be talking to the folks at Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. And there was another interest rate hike, up another half a percentage point to four and a quarter percent. That's the highest it's been since January of 2008. But the Bank of Canada is hinting that it may press the pause button on any more rate hikes, depending on the data that they see in the coming months. Since March, the central bank has raised its key interest rate seven consecutive times in an effort to bring inflation down and slow the economy. It's looking like the cost of powering homes is going up for Fortis customers. Fortis BC says it has received interim approval from the BC Utilities Commission for a 3.98% general increase in their electricity rates starting January 1st. It says residential customers with average use will see an increase of just over seven and a half bucks a month. Fortis says it's very conscience, conscious rather, that any rate increase can be a concern for customers, but it's needed due to rising costs to purchase power in the upcoming years to serve the increasing demand. That's according to Fortis. And it's looking good for the next generation of children's teeth. The federal social development minister says 35,000 people have applied for the new child dental benefit since the program opened a week ago. Karina Gould was responding to an opposition question in the House of Commons about Canadians who are struggling with the rising cost of living. And she pointed out the new benefit is aimed at children under the age of 12 from low- and middle-income families who don't have private insurance. Eligible families can get up to $650 per year per child to help with the cost of dental care. And a lot of us are renting in Canada. In fact, according to the Royal Bank of Canada, uh, their economists are saying we have a hit. Uh, we have hit a record number of renters in this country. According to the census data, almost 5 million households rented the home they lived in last year. That's up almost a million people from the 4.1 million a decade earlier. And the economists say, Millennials born between 1981 and 1996 are fueling some of the rental growth uh, because uh, more of them are renting. But you can't blame them considering the kinds of housing prices they are facing compared to the ones faced uh, by earlier generations. Movie theaters continue to try to reinvigorate and reinvent our experience of going to the movies, especially with so much competition from the big screen TV and the living room sofa. Cineplex has now opened the first of its new theater, dining, and entertainment complexes under the Junction brand. The first location is at the Kildonan Place Mall in Winnipeg, and if that's a hit, I'm sure we'll see some here as well. And it's not just a typical movie theater. It features six auditoriums, with reclining seats, of course, an arcade area with more than 50 games, a party room, a live entertainment space. So there'll probably be bands playing and a lot of different dining options. Cineplex first announced the Junction concept three years ago. 
And if you are committed to that uh, living room couch and your TV, uh, you might try Netflix this weekend. They have just dropped the first three episodes of the new documentary series about Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan. The show promises to tell the full story of the couple's estrangement from the royal family. The episodes uh, dissect the close relationship between tabloid newspapers and the royal family while talking about the history of racism in the British Empire and how it continues to pervade society. That's on Netflix uh, this weekend. And this is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And up next, if you're buying or selling a business, you definitely want to talk to my next guest. When we come back, we'll talk to Andrew J. Brown, a business broker and advisor with Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions. That's next. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer. And if you own a business, small or large, my next guest can be an invaluable part of how you deal with that business, whether it's brand new or it's a family business, maybe it's been in your family for generations, and whether that business is just now starting to take off or it's something you're thinking about selling. With me now is Andrew J. Brown, business broker uh, and merger and acquisitions advisor with Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions Incorporated. You can find them online at pmabb.com, pmab.com. They have offices in Vancouver, Victoria, and Kelowna with affiliated members worldwide. Andrew J. Brown is with us now. Hi, Andrew. How are you? I'm doing great, Martin. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. Uh, It's a nice time of the year, kind of going into the holidays. And uh, I guess, uh, like, we'll we'll be talking about all sorts of things uh, this afternoon. We're going to talk about how how business owners can get their businesses ready to sell, you know, how to put a value on that business. But I want to start with kind of a general overview of Pacific mergers and acquisitions. So, so Andrew, give me an idea of what kind of businesses you work with and uh, what kind of services you provide at Pacific mergers and acquisitions. Yeah, thanks, Martin. Um, happy to get into that. Yeah, we work um, at Pacific mergers and acquisitions with all different types of businesses, um, our focus area is generally in the lower mid-market, uh, and uh, what that means is typically we'll work with businesses that are doing uh, at a minimum of $2 million in annual revenue up to $50 million, uh, with uh, profits in the at least 500 k range and above. Now, as far as industries, uh, as I mentioned, we work with a variety of different ones, uh, manufacturing, construction, wholesale distribution, services, uh, technology, uh, pretty broad. Um, If you're familiar with BC, generally speaking, uh, it's a pretty agnostic uh, base of businesses that we have here, meaning uh, it's it's not just kind of one thing. Uh, it used to be perhaps forestry, but particularly in the lower mid-market, it's, it's, a, it's a variety of different industries. Right. So, so is it a case of a lot of uh, smaller businesses think they can go it alone when in actual fact they could use some help uh, from a company like Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions? Yes. I mean, uh, if, if you haven't sold your business before, 
you may not know that uh, working with an advisor is even an option. Uh, oftentimes what happens is a business owner is in their business and perhaps they've grown it over the years and they get approached uh, by a competitor or a uh, independent private equity group uh, to, to buy their business and uh, they kind of go it alone from that perspective based on that solicitation. And um, what we find is that uh, there's a great uh, value in leveraging a firm like ours. Uh, you're able to generate a market for your business by approaching a larger pool of buyers rather than that just one uh, independent buyer that's uh, approached you. So it's a little bit like uh, selling a business. It's a little bit like selling a house that uh, if you're doing it on your own, you're missing a lot of potential uh, advantages, I guess. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I, I would. Uh, you know, we, 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 we don't uh, shy away from comparing it to real estate. Uh, it's much, much different as far as the complexity, but the fundamental nature of uh, market dynamics is the same, whether it's a house or anything. Uh, you're going to be able to get a, a premium for what it is you're selling uh, by uh, generating a, a market for it. Uh, if you just have uh, one person offering you a price for something, uh, they have no uh, competitive pressure, whereas if uh, there's several folks, uh, you're able to get a true sense of what the market is. And we're able to help with that uh, just initially by giving them uh, a objective opinion of the value based on that market demand. Right. And I would guess it's very complicated to figure out what a company is valued at because you can look at, you know, how many computers they have in the office, but that's a very small part of the picture. It's all about, you know, potential earnings, future earnings. And it, it seems very complicated. Do, do you find that most people, when you talk to them, they undervalue their, their businesses or do they overvalue their businesses or is it a bit of both? It's a bit of both. Uh, you know, some folks have no idea what it's worth and they're pleasantly surprised. And then other folks uh, have perhaps a, an inflated uh, view of their business. Uh, you know, no one uh, likes to think that they have an ugly baby and sometimes they think <laughs> it's a little bit uh, more than what it is. Uh, but it just depends. Um, but yeah, it, it can be a complex process that not everyone understands uh, initially. Uh, but uh, ultimately, uh, there are a number of approaches that you can take to valuing a business. And at Pacific, we like to, to, to use a variety of approaches. Right. It's Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions. And from Pacific, we have Andrew J. Brown, business broker and merger and acquisitions advisor. And you can find Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions Incorporated online at pmabb.com, pmab with two bs.com. You can also give them a call 604-696-6111. They have offices in Vancouver, Victoria, Kelowna, affiliated members worldwide. And you can also send them an email at info at pacificmergers.com. And we're talking about uh, valuing businesses and selling businesses and how, how complicated it can be to provide a, an efficient valuation of a business. Um, and I guess here's a broad question. What can somebody who owns a business do to get their business ready to sell? Yeah, I mean, there's a number of things. Uh, so it's it's not a it's not a, just a one uh, you know silver bullet type of thing. Uh, I would say though, uh, in orders of priority, uh, 
to get your business ready to sell, you, you really have to put your your mind in the, in, in the shoes of the buyer or a potential buyer and think about, you know, what if you were buying something, you know, what what would you look for? And oftentimes uh, there's some consistency there uh, with what buyers are looking for. First and foremost, uh, I would say cash flows uh, are a very important thing to potential buyers. Uh, a prospective buyer is going to want to see the true cash flow of the business. Uh, cash is king, uh, so to speak. And um, ultimately, if your business uh, has an opportunity to improve its cash flows, uh, that would be a good focus area for you to get your business ready uh, for sale. Um, developing key employees uh, so that uh, the business isn't uh, dependent upon you as an owner. Ultimately, if you're putting yourself again in the, in the shoes of a buyer, uh, you're going to want to look at being able to take over the business without uh, having dependency on you as the seller because ultimately you're looking to move on, uh, so they're going to have to replace you. Uh, by developing key employees in-house, uh, that's going to make that business more attractive to a potential buyer because those employees are going to be able to manage the business uh, without you there. Uh, so those are a couple really good focus areas. Yeah, I guess that's a, a key thing because all businesses are different. Some businesses kind of run themselves and other businesses might be, you know, it might be kind of a Steve Jobs situation at Apple or something where there's this one person who kind of is the the brains of the operation. And if if you're the owner and you're the person who's the brains of the operation and you leave, a lot of that value disappears. Yeah, it, it, it happens all the time. Uh, people get heads down in their business and they become all things to all people and uh, things are going well. But uh, at the end of the day, if you, if the business is so dependent on you, uh, the value of it to a potential buyer uh, is going to be reduced because it ultimately won't perform the same without you. Right. And I guess selling a business is something that uh, a business owner should keep in mind all the time, even if they're planning to sell it, uh, you know, 10, 20 years down the road, even. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where uh, you want to be forward looking in everything that you do uh, and make sure that uh, you're planning uh, well ahead. Um, you don't want to be in a situation where uh, you're forced to sell um, based on some life event and you're not ready. Uh, if you kind of stay ready at all times, you're going to be in a good situation uh, when it's time for you to sell ultimately. Yeah, and I guess uh, the past few years is a great example of that because uh, you want to be able to to hang on through, uh, I don't know if, you know, maybe you could speak to this a bit more about when, when COVID happened, uh, that probably was not a good time to sell. And if you were forced to sell in the middle of COVID, uh, I guess that is not a great, uh, was not a great thing. Yeah, that, that, I mean, it just depends on the industry. Uh, I would say that, uh, you know, folks in the hospitality and, you know, the restaurant industry and uh, those types of industries, when, when COVID hit, that was uh, not, a, not a fun place to be. Uh, you know, that said, if you were in the technology industry, a lot of those valuations uh, went way up. Uh, and that was just based on the fact that, um, a lot of uh, people were uh, depending on technology even more just because they weren't able to uh, leave their homes. Uh, so it really depended on the situation. Uh, but that being said, you certainly didn't want to be in a situation where you're 
uh, being forced to sell. Uh, you know, if you're in that situation, ultimately you, you're probably not going to be able to get anywhere near the value that you're hoping for in that situation. Right, right. So, so um, another question that's very broad because every business is different. But uh, when is a good time for a business owner to sell their business? Yeah, I mean, it, it gets back to what I mentioned earlier in preparing your business to sell. Um, a good time to sell is when your cash flows are strong and things are heading in a positive direction. Um, and you've got what we call uh, tailwinds uh, driving your business, not only from your own independent business's perspective, but even your, your industry uh, perspective. And it's going to be more attractive to a greater pool of buyers. So um, we, when we value a business, we often weight uh, the years of performance, and most typically we're going to be weighting the most recent financial year, the, the heaviest. And that being said, uh, if you're underperforming in your most recent financial year, uh, it, the timing on that's not going to be great for you. So really, um, it sounds almost counterintuitive, but when things are going well, uh, and even though you're making lots of money and it might be like, why would I sell now? That's the right time to sell uh, because that's where your value is going to be at its highest. So if you're really well prepared and say you've been working with Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions and you're you're thinking, oh, I'm going to retire in five to 10 years, and then a couple of years in, things are going really well, it could be a case where you just say, well, you know what, I'm going to do this early and I'm going to sell now. Absolutely. And we, we, we work with owners who are savvy enough uh, to do that all the time. They, they, they have a good understanding of where they're at and they they know that now is a good time and we have a lot of great success stories in that regard. We're talking to Andrew J. Brown, business broker and merger and acquisitions advisor with Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions Incorporated. You can find them online at pmab.com, P-M-A-B-B.com. And you can also give them a call, 604-696-6111. 696-6111. They have offices in Vancouver, Victoria, and Kelowna with affiliated members worldwide. They also have email. Uh, info at pacificmergers.com is a way to get a hold of them that way. And when we come back, we're going to have more with Andrew J. Brown and uh, talk about uh, some of the benefits of using uh, uh, mergers and acquisition advisors and, and an outlook on uh, you know maybe the next few years ahead. You know, people are talking recession and how is that going to affect business and how could it affect your business? And we'll have more with Andrew J. Brown when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and we are talking mergers and acquisitions with Andrew J. Brown. He's a business broker and merger and acquisitions advisor with Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions Incorporated. You can find them online, pmab.com, P-M-A-B-B.com. And the phrase mergers and acquisitions is such a, a business-like phrase, but it really is uh, kind of a, a human thing because it's it's you, Andrew, you know, finding out about people and their businesses and what makes them run and what they're really worth and how people can maximize their value when they sell them. 
So I, I guess it, you would call it kind of a people business. Hundred percent. It's definitely a people business. Uh, you're you're working with uh, business owners, oftentimes that have been doing the same thing for for decades, and uh, there's a lot of emotions that can be involved, and it's very much a people business. Yeah, and and every business is different. As we were talking, you know, some businesses are based on the skill of one person. Other business businesses kind of run themselves. Other businesses have have huge assets. They have property value and all that kind of stuff. So, so what's the process for people? They have a business, and and maybe they it's it could be a family business or. Uh, you know, a, a smaller business or a medium-sized business that's kind of starting to grow and grow, and they realize they want to get some help. They want to get an outside view on all of this to find out what it's really worth. And also, they want to be ready when it comes time to sell. Maybe they want to retire. So they go to uh, pmabb.com, pmab.com. That's the website for Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions Incorporated. What's the process for people to get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, as you just mentioned, our our, our website uh, is is a good way to go about it. I mean, oftentimes when we uh, speak with folks, uh, they've been referred to us by perhaps their their accountant or their lawyer or perhaps um, a friend, uh, and uh, we get referred to business that way. Um, but ultimately, it it starts with a discussion, uh, and whether or not that discussion is over the phone. Um, or in person or over Zoom, and uh, we start asking uh, some questions. And really, um, the fundamentals of it is uh, we're going to need to understand, first of all, um, you know, why are, why are you selling? Why are you wanting to sell? Uh, and the reason why we want to know that is that's something that any buyer is going to want to know. Um, and another um, aspect that we would probably try to qualify up front is are you making any money? Um, and the reason why is ultimately uh, people are primarily interested in, in buying businesses that are making money, just like any other investment. Uh, if you're not making money, uh, unless you're uh, in the unique position of having some sort of uh, rare technology or IP, or perhaps you have uh, you know a ton of assets and equipment or land uh, that a lot of value might be lying there, um, uh, unless you have those things, at the end of the day, it, it's about whether or not you're making some money. Right. Are there a lot of instances where you talk to someone and you you give them advice for immediate changes they can make to that business to make it more saleable? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it kind of gets down to uh, what I said. If, if, uh, if you're in a situation where uh, perhaps um, you're not making money or you've had a rough couple of years, um, often the advice is, okay, uh, you'd be very well served to build things back up um, because you're talking about a, an order of magnitude that can be quite significant at times. Uh, when businesses are sold, uh, they're often sold at a multiple of earnings. And uh, it can have a dramatic effect if your earnings are um, down uh, in, in one year and then they, they go up uh, the next. Uh, we're applying that multiple, whether it's 1x, 2x, 3x, sometimes you know 10x. Um, uh, you can just kind of do the math on uh, whether or not some, someone's business has gone from uh, very profitable to, to not profitable at all. 
Right. And I guess, uh, do you ever sort of see instances where, where they don't see the future and how profitable it could be? Yeah, they, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where every business is different. And, um, you know, if they've got a limited, um, um, visibility to their historical earnings, they might not know yet how much it could be making. And, you know, because of that, we generally work with businesses that have at least three, uh, ideally five historical uh, years of financials where they have a good grasp at that point as to just how much business uh, they've been able to to generate and what the potential is. Uh, if you haven't been in business that long, it's it's more of a situation where that's that's what we would call a startup, and ultimately uh, those ones are uh, best sold uh, via you know some sort of venture capital that sort of thing. Right. We're talking to Andrew J. Brown, business broker and merger and acquisitions advisor with Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions Incorporated. PMAB.com, P-M-A-B-B.com. You can also phone him at 604-696-6111. And we talked about how it's kind of similar to real estate. If you're selling a business and you just sort of, somebody approaches you, you sell it yourself, you are missing a lot of the big picture when it comes to selling if you're not using a company like uh, Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions. So, you know, I mean, sell us on on some of the, the advantages of using uh, a company like Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions as opposed to selling that business yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think you touched on it just, just when you mentioned someone uh, being approached by one party and selling it that way versus... Uh, working with an advisor uh, who has the the reach uh, uh, at Pacific, we have a, a global uh, reach of potential buyers uh, and a database of over twenty five thousand contacts uh, uh, that we're able to uh, reach out to uh, when we have an opportunity. And when you are doing it on your own, uh, it's unlikely you have that sort of reach. Uh, if you do, uh, then then all power to you. But ultimately, you're going to be best served to, to work with an advisor that does have that sort of reach. Uh, beyond that, we also have a, have a process uh, that uh, works. Um, it is something that uh, is proven. Uh, and uh, ultimately, um, when we work with any business, we follow that process and uh, it helps uh, keep things on track. Uh, if you're new to selling a business, you might not understand all the dynamics that go involve, get involved in the due diligence process or the legal process. Having an advisor on your side that understands that process can only work to your advantage. Yeah, and I, I guess as a general rule of business, it's always a good idea to get good advice from people, from people who have done this before. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's it's one of those sage old um, words of wisdom is to, to, to seek advice from others when you're um, unaware of a situation. And certainly when it comes to selling a business, that's that's no different. Uh, why try to um, learn the process on the fly when you can work with someone that's been through it uh, hundreds of times? 
Yeah, exactly. And and it's been kind of a strange time, uh, obviously, with first COVID and then and then the economy and the uh, you know talk of a recession. There's crazy inflation. Um, how is that affecting business owners? I guess obviously it's a sort of a general question. But what do you see as some of the things to be concerned about if you're a business owner coming forward? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been a wild time for sure. Uh, with COVID, it, it obviously had a, a major impact. And then uh, we saw a, a major uptick after that uh, in 2021. And, and now uh, with uh, inflation and interest rates and uh, a number of signals uh, that are uh, forecasting a recession next year, uh, it is a lot uh, for people to get their heads wrapped around. Uh, so the impact on the business uh, owner, it just really depends on the industry. Um, you know, what I can say is that the M&A market remains robust from a, from a buyer perspective. Um, there is still a lot of dry powder out there, meaning a lot of uh, money that buyers potentially have available to buy businesses. And with the uh, risk and uncertainty in the financial markets, uh, deployment of capital uh, is, a, is a challenge uh, for these folks uh, that, uh, that have this capital because uh, they don't know really what to do with it. Uh, if they uh, look at the financial markets as a big risk, you know, how are they going to deploy it? Well, looking at very stable, profitable, small to medium-sized businesses is an excellent way for buyers uh, to potentially deploy that capital. Uh, and that has a positive impact uh, on a business owner who's looking to sell. Uh, there are going to be a large number of potential buyers out there wanting to purchase a business. Uh, it just comes down to you being able to find them. And, and the folks at Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions have a line to these people. They, they, they can put you in, in contact with these people. So just another reason to go to pmab.com and get in touch with Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions. And uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll leave you with one question that's just kind of, it's almost too broad, but uh, I mean, what's some basic general advice you would give to anybody listening who has a business, whether it's big or small, really small, what's, what's some basic advice from a mergers and acquisitions advisor uh, Andrew, uh, that you would give to people who own a business? Well, it's certainly from the purview of uh, making sure that your business is, is ready for sale, if that's where you're at. Um, I would definitely make sure that you're looking at your business from, from the view of a potential buyer. Uh, and a lot of that comes down to uh, reducing risk. Um, how risky is uh, your business uh, to a potential buyer? Um, and there's certain ways that you can uh, reduce that risk as a business owner. Uh, one of the ways is uh, customer concentration. Uh, if you have a business that is largely dependent on one or two customers, uh, well, that's a potential risk to, to a buyer. Uh, so reducing that concentration by spreading things out uh, would be time well spent. Same goes for suppliers. Uh, you've probably heard lots about uh, the supply chain issues that have gone on uh, since COVID that uh, continue to persist. Uh, being dependent only on one or two suppliers is, is a risk. Uh, so being able to spread that out would be uh, time well spent. Any sort of regulatory issues you might be having, uh, any compliance issues, legal challenges, 
taking those risks out of your business uh, is going to be time well spent because it's only going to help you when it's time to sell. That sounds uh, like great advice. Just three solid uh, pieces of advice there from Andrew J. Brown. And that's what you get with Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions Incorporated. Andrew is a business broker and merger and acquisitions advisor. So if you have a business, and even if you're just kind of thinking way down the road that you want to sell this business, I think uh, going to pmab.com uh, is a great idea. PMABB.com. You can also phone them at 604-696-6111. 696-6111. They have offices in Vancouver, Victoria, and Kelowna with affiliated members worldwide. You can also send them an email at info at pacificmergers.com. Well, Andrew, it was great talking to you. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Martin. Thanks for having me. Have a happy holidays. Yeah, you too. Andrew J. Brown, business broker and merger and acquisitions advisor with uh, Pacific Mergers and Acquisitions. And coming up, uh, when was the last time you handled paper money? It may have been a while. So is physical money dead? It might be soon or maybe not. I've got that story when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. So when was the last time you handled paper money? A toonie. I was at a big grocery store the other day. And I needed a loony to get a shopping cart. You know how they have them all chained up like the road crew of a prison chain gang? You put the loony in and the shopping cart gets paroled in your custody. Uh, then you use it to do your shopping. And then when you're done, you put the shopping cart back in chains, but you get your loony back. Trouble was the other day I didn't have a loony. And then I started to think about it. I haven't had a loony in my pocket for months. And I wonder how long before it'll be that we never touch any kind of coin or paper money. I think that day may be nearer than when we may think. Uh, and just in time for that, the Royal Canadian Mint has announced this past week they will be issuing a new toonie. It's a black ringed toonie to honor Queen Elizabeth II on a $2 coin. The Mint says the coin's black outer ring is tended is uh, intended to evoke a mourning armband to honor the queen who of course died back in September she'd been on the throne for 70 years the mint says it will start to circulate nearly 5 million of these tunies this month and they'll slowly appear as the banks restock inventories and aside from the black ring of mourning the mint says the coin retains pretty much the same design elements of the standard $2 coin. Sort of a sad way for the Queen to finish off her time on our money here in Canada. Uh, she, of course, first appeared on Canadian money in 1953 as a Queen and has appeared on our money, most of it anyway, uh, ever since. But that's his Queen. Actually, her first appearance on our money was as eight-year-old Princess Elizabeth, on the first $20 note issued by the Bank of Canada in 1935. Still waiting for a coin with King Charles on it, but that's coming. Uh, but don't hold your breath. The Mint says a change in monarch doesn't require a wholesale replacement of coins and bills immediately, and it won't disrupt daily commerce requiring the use of coins and bills. So basically, don't worry. Your Queen Elizabeth money 
is still good. And think about it. You can still find coins with Elizabeth's dad, King George, on it. And that money's still good. Or maybe none of this matters because, as I mentioned, uh, it seems like we're seeing the end of cash money as we know it. But maybe all the news of the death of paper money has been a bit premature. In fact, people have been predicting the end of physical money since the 1960s when people started using credit cards. But credit cards actually go beyond the 60s, long before that. Do you know when the first credit card ever was? Some say it was in 1914 when Western Union introduced what they call metal money. It was essentially a credit card made of metal with numbers engraved on it. But the idea wasn't widely used until years later in 1954. That was the diner's card. It was also made of metal and unfortunately not that convenient to carry around. It was heavy though I bet it would be great for scraping ice off your car windshield. Way better than your current debit card. Those things are convenient, but they make a crappy windshield scraper. But credit cards really started to pick up a few years later uh, in the, from the late 50s when American Express introduced the first plastic charge card in Canada and the U.S. That was 1958. The magnetic strip was invented in the 1960s, and that's when they really took off. And since then, people have been predicting the death of cash money, and it sure looks like we're getting there now. But what are some of the uh, things we're losing if we no longer use cash to buy stuff? Because cash has its advantages. It's uh, essentially untraceable. It's easy to carry. And if the power goes out or there's a blip in the electronic systems that make the online commerce world go down, cash is there. I mean, it's always recommended that you keep some cash in the house at all times, just in case, say, there's an earthquake and it's the only way to buy food. So remember, uh, that's what you need in an earthquake kit. Some water, some tinned food and some cash and maybe uh, a battery powered radio so you can listen to Vancouver Consumer. We are here every Saturday from two to four. And that's in big part to our producer, Leo Coelho. I'm Martin Strong. Stick around. The CKNW News is next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.